Welcome to the Creekwood Church Podcast. Our church exists to lead people to become fully devoted followers of Christ. For that reason, we want to take a moment and let you know about Growth Track. Growth Track is a three-week class designed to help you connect with us, discover who you are, and develop your leadership. Sign up for Growth Track and get more information at creekwoodchurch.com slash growthtrack or on our Creekwood Church app. We hope this message inspires you and helps you discover practical ways to live a life of purpose. Enjoy. Let's get into God's Word today, and if you've got your Bibles, let's go to Esther chapter 4. Esther chapter 4, and um, as you've heard us talk, we are in this, this series called Prepare, and the series is, is it's much bigger than a series. It is a season that our church is in, and I want to read the scripture in Esther chapter 4, verse 14. If you don't have your Bibles, it's going to be on the screen. You can follow along. The Word of God says this, and who knows but that you have come to your royal position. You could also read it like this, who knows but that you have come to your position for such a time as this, and who knows if you have come to this place, this position in your life for such a time as this. Would you pray with me? Father, thank you for these next few moments. Lord, I thank you for every person that God um, showed up this morning at this 11 o'clock service. Lord, I pray that you would speak into our lives. Lord, we open our hearts to you. May your word uh, become so clear, the message that you want us to receive today. Father, we thank you for your word. And everyone said, amen. Why don't you turn to your neighbor and tell them, it is so good to see you today. Now go ahead and go ahead and turn to the person that was your second choice and tell them, you look like you you could use some church today. You, You need some church today. There's people in here. You need church. I want to talk to you for just a few moments about timing and God's timing for your life. How many of you know that timing is everything? Timing is everything. Have you ever had a conversation and said the right thing at the wrong time? All the men in here that are husbands ought to say amen because we are guilty of that. You've done that. Timing is everything. Or maybe, have you ever made an investment and took your money out at the wrong time? Does anybody have a, like, like testimony of that, that you made a big boo-boo and you, you moved your money and you were like, oh, man, I wish I'd never done that. Or you made a fin- financial decision that you regret. I, I was thinking about this story about um, the founders of uh, Apple, and you probably recognize this first guy right here. Wait for it. He's coming. Uh, <laughs> it's Steve Jobs. They're looking for it. They're going to find that picture, I promise you. Um, is it up there? Okay, there he is. Okay, we got him. Steve Jobs, you recognize he's, he's very, like, like most people associate Apple uh, with um, Steve Jobs. He's one of the founders. But there were really another founder that, that some of you may not recognize is Steve Wozniacki. This guy, these two guys uh, all the geeks in here know, for sure, know who these guys are. 
But you may not know this. There's probably another guy that you don't know who this guy is, but there really was a third co-founder of Apple that a lot of people don't know about. And it's this guy right here. He's the third co-founder of Apple, and his name is Ronald Wayne. Let me tell you a quick story about Ronald Wayne. Uh, Steve Jobs, as he was starting Apple, needed capital. He needed some money, and he went to Ronald, and he told Ronald, he said, hey, what would you think if if you were to give me $1,500, I'll give you 10% stake You can be 10% owner of Apple. And Ronald thought about it. He said, you know what, I'll take that risk. And he gave him the $1,500. And a couple weeks later, he started to kind of have, he was kind of backtracking on this. Ronald was thinking, you know, Steve is kind of risky. He's take. I don't know if he knows what he's doing. He's trying to bring this big change to our culture. And I think I want out. And he went back to Steve Jobs and said, hey, can I get, can I sell you back my 10% part of my share for a profit? And Steve uh, Jobs told him, sure, I, you can sell it back to me. And uh, the, the transaction happened. And he, for that 10% of Apple, he sold it back for $2,300. He made $800. Now today... His share would be somewhere north of $50 billion. I said billion. Would you agree that timing is everything? Timing is everything. There are windows of opportunity in our lives that we are presented, that we get to make decisions, that we get to be a part of. And some of you are like, it's why you're a part of the company you're a part of. It's, it's like, you know, it's why you're married to the person next to you, that you were like, timing. What, some of you are like, that was bad timing. No, uh, timing, is, timing is important. And you... All of us have different opportunities. These, you, you've probably heard the phrase window of opportunity. There are windows of opportunities in our life that are presented to us. That there's a time to that window of opportunity. And I want you to think about this. The Bible tells us in Acts 17, 26, It says this, it says, God began by making one person and from him comes all the different people who live everywhere in the world. God decided exactly when and where they must live. Do you know that you could have been born at any other time? You could have lived at any, like any, anywhere else on the world. But you were, you were born at this time to be a part of this city at this moment. And your life, the way where you're at right now, in the season that you're at, this was ordained by God. And I want to show you this, this Old Testament story talking about your, the timing, the windows of opportunity and, and the importance of seizing the day the opportunity that you have, because, you know, let me just say this to you, that 
this is another example. Some of you, as parents, you have small children. You've got a teenager, and there is a window of opportunity for you to seize the moment as a parent. Maybe you have grew up in a, you know, different, and all of us have parent stories, and we're like, you know what, my dad or my mom, and we can all kind of play the victim every once in a while. And you're like, you know what, when I become a parent, when I get my own kids, I'm going to be different. Well, this is your window of opportunity. You are in the moment, and, and this is your window of opportunity. This is a moment given to you by God for you to seize it. This Old Testament story is, that I read to you, this first verse, I want to read it to you again when you, when you start to think about timing and opportunity. And it says, and who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. Let me give you a little bit of background of Esther. Esther was an orphan. Um, we're not sure how her family, her mom and dad died. Uh, historians tell us that they were killed, possibly that her home was burned down to the ground, and, and uh, she uh, witnessed this. She was marched across the desert and went into exile into um, this area called Persia, and, and she came um, from, uh, she was a descendant of the Jewish people, and she was uprooted from Israel, and um, she is in a foreign land, and she's an orphan, and uh, she is a part of this, this, this region where there's this really powerful king that is, is very powerful. He, he oversees 127 provinces. It's a great empire. And one day, this king decides that he wants to have a, a, a queen, and he sends out people to go find the queen. And this is where the original Bachelor show started. <laughs> the original. Y'all think this is new? It, was, it started back then. Like, let me just ask y'all, how many of y'all watched that show? You love that show? Raise your hand. Be proud. Come on, Pastor Brad's got his hands up high. He loves that show. Come on, y'all play with me today. We're going to be here until 2.30. Uh, how many of y'all, be honest, just watch, raise your hand. You like the show. Come on, raise your hand. All right, lots of people, lots of sinners here today. Thank you, Jesus. <laughs> y'all come on down to the front. We're going to pray for y'all. That was a setup. Well, now you can at least, now, y'all, seriously, that's a nasty show. <laughs> you shouldn't be watching that. When my wife watches it, I come by and like, the Holy Spirit needs to get a hold of your heart. <laughs> she doesn't watch it. Um, what was I? <laughs> no, seriously, now you can say, when, when, when people go, why are you watching that? You're like, it's in the Bible. <laughs> the first Bachelor show, is, it's an incredible, like, like it, it's amazing. Everybody's watching it. They're excited. There's 127, 126 girls a part of the bachelor, and, and they're all excited. And guess who got chosen to be a part of the bachelor that season? Esther. Thank you. One person said it. <laughs> Esther, and everybody's excited. The orphan girl is a part of the bachelor, and they're excited. They're watching this show, and it's like, like, 
man, I hope she wins. Everybody's pulling for her because she's had such a hard life. And the Bible tells us that actually there is, is this season that she has prepared. There's this preparation stage, and it, it, it lasted for a year, which is kind of crazy to me. I don't know what they were doing to this girl for a year preparing her to go before the king. I don't know if they were doing bubble baths, way too much makeup. I don't know. It's like a year of beauty treatments. All of this, she is going through a year of preparation. And let me ask you this quick question, ladies. How many of you have... You, you have taken 15 minutes to prepare for a date. You, it took you 15 minutes to get ready. Raise your hand. How many of you, you've spent over an hour getting ready for a date? How many of you had more fun getting ready for the date than you did on the date? Some of y'all, praise Jesus. That's my, <laughs> no fun. We didn't have no fun going to Golden Corral. Oh, that's another sermon. But she's being prepared and getting ready for the the moment, for her turn. But I want to say this to you, that that she was being prepared even before she was chosen to be a part of The Bachelor. That there were moments that it was her turn to walk through the, the, the pain of being an orphan. The pain of walking out of, out of her hometown and walking into being, being herded across the desert into a foreign land that she is like, you know what, where's my mom and dad and why, why did they have to die? And, and she was raised by her cousin Mordecai. And even though he's a great guy, I'm sure there were moments that she was like, why, why is my life like this? And it was her turn to walk through the, the, the preparation of, of going through pain to now it's her time to step into getting ready to go before the king. And I would want to just say this to you. If you look at your life, your, your life is a series of it's your turn to be prepared and then it's your time to step in. It's your turn to be prepared and now it's your time to step in. It's your turn. And the Bible tells us in Esther 2.15, when the turn came for Esther to go to the king, it was her turn. And it's her time. And what's so amazing is that she wins the bachelor and she becomes the queen. And now it's her time to be in such a position with um, the influence that she has. She's the queen. And the story goes on that there is this really evil man named Haman that is a part of the king's cabinet. He's a corrupt leader that he has this, this hatred towards Jewish people and he wants to kill off all of the Jewish people. And he starts this process of all-out genocide. And her... Her cousin, Mordecai, that raised her, finds out about this, and he comes to her, and he, I can just envision her. She, he has this 
strong conviction, this strong voice that he gets to her. And now we're going to go back and read the entire verse that I read to you just a few moments ago. He says this, if you remain silent at this time, relief and deliverance for the Jews will arise from another place. But for you and your father's family will perish. But you and your father's family will perish. And who knows but that you have come to your royal position for such a time as this. And who knows if this has all been predetermined and preplanned for this moment. And what he's saying to her is, listen to me, it's, it's your turn. He's, Esther, you need to look at me in the eye. The position you're in, the place that you're in, this time that you're in, it's your turn. Do you know that the seat that you sit in today, this building that you worship in, the rooms that your kids worship in, the seats that they sit in, you're able to do that because 14 and a half years ago, there were a group of people that it was presented, presented before them a window of opportunity to step into that moment and realize the bigness of the moment and the opportunity that God was giving us to step in to say, we're going to start a church. It was a window of opportunity. It was the time that God gave us, the moment that God said, I want you to start a church. You know, early on, some of you may not realize this, it was not fun to be a part of Creekwood when, when we just started. It, it wasn't. We had to get, we, were, we started in my living room and then we moved to Rogene Worley and we were at Rogene Worley and um, it's the oldest school in town. It, it just, the air conditioner half the time didn't work and we would get there around six o'clock, a small group of people would get there about six o'clock in the morning on a Sunday morning. It didn't matter if it's pouring down rain. It didn't matter what was going on. You're out there in the dark, and we're unloading this big old truck and these two trailers, and we're setting up for church. And I'm being honest with you when I tell you there were plenty of times that I wondered if we were going to make it. But it was a small group of people that, that they didn't know you. It was a small group of of families that didn't even know you, your kids. But they, they recognized the moment. They recognized the opportunity. They recognized the, the, the moment to step into this moment that, God, you are giving me an opportunity to make a difference in the world that I live in. Seizing this moment, stepping into that moment, But my mind goes back to even, even and, and, and during this season of preparation that we, we have been going through and talking about preparing, how God has been preparing, I think about it being in Mansfield High School. And those of you that have walked into Mansfield High School, you know how massive it is. And we met in the cafeteria, and every single weekend, a group of people that were volunteers 
recognized that it was their moment, their time, that God had given them a window of opportunity. We would fold up every single table in that cafeteria. And you know, I'm telling you, it is massive. And we would push all the tables in the back and roll in chairs and set up an entire church. We set up portable kids areas all. Why? Because there was a window of opportunity to step into and to recognize that God has given me this moment. But my mind goes back even, even further to the moment of when I was in Houston, Texas, and I was a youth pastor, and I loved being a youth pastor. We had a youth group of close to 400 students, and I loved the church that I was at, and um, I, I envisioned myself being a youth pastor forever. I loved it. I loved it, and I, I out of nowhere, started becoming really miserable at being a youth pastor. I didn't like it. I was like, I'd tell my wife, I'd lay in bed, and i said, babe, I, I don't know what it is. I can't do this anymore. And I knew God was speaking to me, and God just began to tap me on the shoulder and said, Stephen, um, I want you to go start a church. I didn't know where. I didn't know what. Believe me, when he first said that to me, I thought he was, he had the wrong guy. I argued. I don't know if you've ever argued with God. I'm good at it. Because I was telling God, and some of you may not know this about me, but I was telling God, God, I don't, I can't. I can't stand in front of adults. I like kids, but speaking to adults, it's another, another like world. And I was like, God, you know, I've struggled with anxiety and I struggle with panic attacks. And like, uh, just the thought of being a pastor and a senior pastor, like freaks me out. Those of you that, that know me know that I'm an introvert. It's, It's not natural for me to be up here in front of people in college. I couldn't pray in front of people. And God was asking me to come plant a church. And God was relentless about saying, you're going to go plant a church. And I'm telling you, I thought I was coming by myself with my wife. Don't want to leave my wife out. (laughs) I get in trouble. I got to go home today. I thought I was coming. We were just going to move like wherever God said. And and, and you know what I was thinking about this? During this season, I believe God showed me this is that there, was, there were people in this city that were seizing a window of opportunity that recognized the moment and said, God, we're going to pray for this city. Would you, would you raise up a group of people? Would you raise up an army of people that will care about this world, that will care about this city, that will care about this next generation? And I'm convinced that there were a group of of people that you may not even know who they are, but they were a part of our church early, early, in the early days. And I got a couple pictures. This is Bill and Elizabeth Burns. Elizabeth is is in heaven. But these, I'm telling you, these were people that that I believe that they've been in Mansfield. They're old school Mansfield people that have been around here forever. And I believe they were the people that were praying for this city. And we're praying, and it's why God tapped me on the shoulder. There's another picture right here, Ron and Lenora Fike. Amazing people. Got another lady right here, Jean Galley. Jean Galley, I, be- I believe with all of my heart, these were the, 
kind of people that God put in their heart to step into that moment. To say, God, would you, would you, see, we don't even realize the power of what the moment we're in. If you start to think about why God has given us, yes, he's blessed us with 108 acres and we're eight miles separated between east and west, and, but God has divinely, uniquely positioned us, put us in a position to be able to, to reach people. And you have an opportunity to to recognize, to say, this isn't just about Pastor Stephen being called. This is about all of us being called to recognize that God knew you would be here. God knew you would be a part of this moment. God knew you would be in this church. God knew he could count on us to leave a legacy to reach this next generation, to reach the people. This city, listen, don't be fooled by our city. Our city is full of broken people. And we are going to have to make a decision. Just like Esther was in the palace, she's a queen. You're in the place of prosperity. You're living, we live in Mansfield. We live a pretty good life. It's easy to just go, you know what, the greatest call of my life is that I just want to be comfortable. And my calling, it's, it's what I call a shadow, shadow mission. It's, it's, it's not the real mission of your life that God has placed you on this planet for. That it's easy to just, maybe like Esther's first response is like, you know what, I've got it pretty good. And if I go before the king, I'm, I could be like, he could kill me. But listen to what what she says in Esther 4, 16. She says, go and get all the Jewish people in Susa together for my sake. Fast, do not eat or drink for three days, night and day. I I and my servant girls will also fast. Then I will go to the king even though it is against the law. And if I die, I die. See, God has a time for each of us. And right now you're living in the moment of your greatest potential. Right now, this is the moment. See, it's so easy again for us to, and we're so incredibly uh, creative, isn't it? True that we are creative with our excuses of why we don't want to step into the moment that God gives us and the window of opportunities that God gives us. I was thinking about this and I looked up just different, and kids can be so funny in their excuses that they give, and I looked up this on the uh, online about excuses give kids give their parents on why they don't want to clean up their room and pick up their toys. And one little kid said this to his mom, I have a migraine, and he was pointing to his belly. <laughs> Another little kid said to his mom, he says, you know, I don't do it good, and you just have to do it over anyway, so let's just save some time and skip the middle man. Another little, little, little boy, and I, they said he's two. I don't know about this, but this is what he said. These hands aren't for picking up toys. They're for hugging you, Mom. <laughs> I 
We're so creative in our excuses, and we're like, someday when things settle down, and someday when, when you know what, when I get in this place, and we're just kind of like, like Esther, and we're, we're in the palace, and God's blessed us financially. God's blessed us. Like everything we're touching, it's like being blessed of God. And we're like, well, man, I just, I got to go get a bigger house. I got to get a bigger car. And we start to miss, and it becomes our shadow mission. And we start to miss the moment of God, God has divinely placed us in a moment and a time where there are future generations at stake. Listen, I, I want you to get it today. There are future generations at stake that God is counting on us. This is why I need you tomorrow night to come pray with me on that land. There are future generations, just like the people that first started this church, the those that sacrificed and set up chairs that were unloading trailers that were in the pouring down rain. They didn't have any idea that you would be here. They didn't have any idea that your middle schooler would be learning about Jesus today. They didn't have any idea, but they seized the moment. Listen to me. God is counting on us. God is counting on us to steward this moment that we would steward this divine moment and we would be good stewards with this moment that we say, God, you have entrusted us with something great here. See, some of you tomorrow night are gonna walk on that land and you're gonna go pick up a stone. And the name you're gonna put on that that stone is gonna be maybe your 17-year-old daughter. It's gonna be you're six-year-old or you're two-year-old. But your greatest prayer is, God, I pray that their greatest aspiration in life is not to be an all-star. Their greatest aspiration is not to be the richest person on the planet. Their greatest calling is that they want to be followers of you, God. See, God knew you would be here. And God knew he could count on you. There's a man that, again, you may not even know who he is. Most people don't know. He's a pastor of a small Baptist church or was, and we got his picture here. His name was Mordecai, Mordecai Ham. Pastor of a small church in North Carolina. He's not known for pastoring some huge church. But one night he was, he was preaching and he felt so impressed with this window of opportunity that God had given him that he felt impressed that he needed to do an altar call. And he needed to give an invitation for people to receive Christ. And that night, a skinny kid got up and walked down to the front and gave his heart to Christ. You know who that skinny kid was? It was Billy Graham greatest evangelist that's ever walked this planet. All because this pastor stepped into this window of opportunity that God gave him. 
See, I'm asking God to shake, shake us up. That he would breathe and he would move in such a supernatural that there would be this supernatural breeze that would blow across this church. That you would wake up tomorrow with a new set of priorities, a new mission for your life, that you would say, God, you have, you have, you have brought me for such a time as this. That one day, 20 years, 30 years from now, when you are an old man, an old woman, and we're all talking about the, good, the old days, we look around and we see the generation of people that have won, that have been one for Christ. You walk into a student center and you see 2,000 students worshiping, seeking God. You will have known that the window of opportunity that God gave you it will have been worth it. Be there tomorrow night with me. Let's step on this land. Let's call on God. Let's believe. Let's let God know he can count on us. He can count on us. For this generation. Would you pray with me today? Father, words can't even begin to describe God, the moment we're standing in. And God, honestly, it's hard for us sometimes to even recognize why you would entrust us with what you trusted us with. God, we trust you. And Father, we will embrace this moment. Father, we will step into this confidently knowing, God, that you have brought us to this place. You have placed us in this place, in this moment, because it is our moment, our time, and you are depending on us, God. Father, I pray that tomorrow night, God, as we step out on that land, that God, your presence, your power would be so powerful, so present, God. We thank you for your voice, God. And Father, tomorrow night, I know that, God, what happens on that land, Father, eternity will only be able to tell, God, the changes that were brought about it. Father, we thank you for that, God. In your name, amen. Thanks for listening to the Creekwood Church Podcast. If you have been encouraged by the ministry of Creekwood Church and would like to partner with us financially, you can give securely online at creekwoodchurch.com or on our Creekwood Church app. For directions, service times, and more information about the ministries of Creekwood Church, please visit our website at creekwoodchurch.com.